Hi, hello. We are going to talk about accessible heathenry today on this wonderful and fantastic episode of the Heathen Weirdos podcast. I'm Kenna, my pronouns are she, her, I'm a special education teacher. Doesn't mean I know anything. I don't have any disabilities. So I cannot claim to, nor will I even try to, speak for actual disabled people. Listen to them on issues of accessibility, please thank you. What I have is experience in making things and stuff more accessible for people in classroom settings. In sped speak, it's called accommodation and differentiation, which are silly words meaning make things easier to understand. Uh, I have friends with me. You know them. Their names are Sif and Theo. They should introduce themselves now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my name is Sif. My pronouns are she, her. My name is Theo, and my pronouns are they, them. So what's the current state of accessibility Hello. in heathenry? <laughs> Great. <laughs> Not a lot. A lot. Uh... Well, yeah, because it's like Declaration 127 is go be racist elsewhere. Which is dope. It's a and really dope declaration. Yeah, like, exactly, where it's like, yeah, I you're don't... You're free to do it over there. Yeah. yeah it's like, if you're going to be a bigot, get away from I me. Love it. Okay, cool. Thank. And like, decla- God. Declaration of Deeds is don't be a bigot, maybe? Just don't. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's... Honestly, I don't know why... I don't know why people are so focused on being bigots. I don't no. know. I'm not saying I've, like... Why is that the hill you chose to die on? We like, have so many other hills. And you picked yeah. being an asshole? I mean, well, our society is kind of set up to be ableist and, like, favor the cishet white human... Oh, that's how we built it. Most likely man. Yeah, like... So it, for a lot of these things, it does take work. As most things be like, do. oh hey, I should. Yeah, it's like I should question this. Maybe is this actually fair? Answer is no most of the time. Yeah, if the answer, yeah, if the answer is no, which it often is, then why do we do it? Like, why don't we change it? You mean change it? It's tradition, Theo. Tradition can go. Suck an egg. <laughs> that was specific. <laughs> I was gonna say something else, but I decided to be PG for this part of the episode. It's not gonna last long. <laughs> <laughs> Just this part. Just this, I'm, I'm trying, okay? <laughs> so, I love Declaration 127, and I love Declaration of Deeds. They are wonderful proclamations of fuck you bigotry. Fantastic work. Either one of them address accessibility at all, which is yep unfortunate because it's a really big blind spot for a lot of people, and it's not typically doesn't come from a place of I am better than person with disability. We just don't think about it because we have never had to. It's not something that we are taught to consider. Mm -hmm. it's, if it's not present in your life, you and don't consider the thing, right? So maybe we need to force mm. it to be in our lives a little bit. Force ourselves to think about how we're doing may or may not be pushing disabled people or people with different abilities away from our practice. 
Yeah, I know that the Declaration of Deeds, there was a conversation uh, probably about a year and a half ago about making that have an amendment to it. And it got held up because there was already signatories and it was a case of do we redistribute and get people to sign up again? No momentum was gained on that front. So we should make a new declaration. Yeah. Quote, Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hesitate because I don't want us to have 16,000 deeds to ask everybody about. This is the, the last, last one. This <laughs> is the last one. We'll make it comprehensive. Right. <laughs> last no holes in it whatsoever. Of, It'll be we'll the definitive. Be a, we'll dock with a bunch of links going, Are all of these things good? Thumbs up if yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> fine. It's fine. Oh, goodness. What would you call it? Declaration of... The absolute pinnacle declaration. (laughs) Declaration of inclusivity. And everything else. Declaration of everything. (laughs) Oh, we don't need more responsibility right now. (laughs) What we're going to do is we're just going to make this so commonplace that it's going to be more controversial if you don't inherently, through your actions, show that you are on the same page. No deed, just action, just show me. Who cares? Why are we talking about this? Yeah. I care. Disabled people care. People who have historically not not have had access to do the religious things, they care. Probably Mm -hmm. care. People care. Religion is supposed to be for everyone. Correct. Like... So yeah, it's inclusivity in my heathenry. More <laughs> likely than you think. Uh, but yeah, how dare? Especially like yeah. Norse heathenry, it's supposed to be for everyone. Like if they want to participate, obviously. But just like, why would you set it up so that people wouldn't be able to attend? Like that's kind of shitty. Like if you, someone who, um, let's pick something super obvious, like um, someone. Uh, in a wheelchair mm-hmm. like and you're hosting it at people's houses and they have all these stairs like it's like what do you do do you like you could cobble together like a really quick ramp if one of you is handy or like some is there another part of the house or wherever you could meet at that is just like accessible where they can just come inside or like is there a different venue Mm-hmm. there are options and like just so many like like i have definitely witnessed it where like people buckle down they're like no this is what we do and it's like well but then they can't come and especially when you know yeah. that you like, have yeah. people attending or are open to the public you need to be prepared for a variety of needs and abilities mm-hmm. yeah. just did those are the rules love yeah. your friends that's the rules of course, within heathenry, mm-hmm. so dominated by animism and the natural world, it totally makes sense that you want to do, like, deep in nature rituals. Two and a half mile hike to get to a ritual spot is not super helpful for a lot of people. Those are the yeah. things... I was going to say, we're in that... Yeah, think about. Yeah. Is it cool to do that? Yes. Yes, it is. Like, maybe 
do that with a smaller group of people that you know instead of like making it a big like group event yeah this is this whole episode is just going to be us saying words that are common sense logical because sometimes it's hard to do common sense and that's not a dig at anybody it's just not the way human brain works so let's let's talk about disabilities in heathenry as Odin said something about it in the Havamal, I say with my mythic literalism voice on. <laughs> okay. So what does the Havamal say? Havamal, dope, love it. Verse 70 and 71. It's better to live than lie a corpse. The live man catches the cow. I saw flames rise for the rich man's pyre, and before his door he lay dead. Those last few lines are something. But we'll get to them. 71. Limping man still rides a horse, and the handless is a herdsman. Death in battle is bold. The blind man is better than one that is burned. No good can come of a corpse. Everybody put your AP literature school class hats on. Analyze that in your brain for a sec. Good. I got it. <laughs> okay, if um if I'm putting if I'm putting my educational brain like if I'm going all the way back to school, do I have to insert Jesus into this somewhere? Uh, Snorri already <laughs> did. <laughs> okay. We'll not insert Everyone more. is equal in death. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you're dead, you can't help the community. Uh, anyone he has value. is such a community-centered religion. And not just wealth. Mm. Such community. Yes. Most of your worth is contribution to your community be it interpersonal physical it just your presence we'll take it love it you're contributing i mean <laughs> yeah i was gonna say it's that and also it's like no there's always something that anyone can do which is i catch this before <laughs> we go too far which is not to say you must be useful to be valuable in your society Oh, yeah. Is no. to say, we're better off alive than dead because when you are alive, you are a part of your society. Hmm. That's the key point. That's a good distinction. The original translation of the verses that I grabbed placed, I replaced the words lame with limping man. I looked at a few other translations. The word lame doesn't communicate anything. It was historically yeah. kind of an ableist insult that we have of pushed and molded into something much less. So I replace that. Whenever I hear so the word... Hmm. Well, I was going to say, whenever I hear the word lame, I think of horses. Right? And that's what it was supposed to communicate. It was used for people, too. Mm -hmm. Then the 80s came along and we were yeah. like, no, lame just means boring and bad. I mean, a lame horse is a bad that's thing. true. You do want your horses to be functional. <laughs> like... Yeah, like, I, I'm i disagreeing with the phrase lame. I'm not, yeah, where it's like, oh, that's Dude, that's much ruder than I yeah. actually ever thought it was. you start thinking about a lot of the insults oh. and as a phrase that we use, a lot of them are, like, really steeped in ableism historically. Words like dumb, lame. Yeah, it was And uh, sick means good, like, actually. Keep that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So, the important point here was that disability, according to Odin, the man, the myth, the legend, was not a reason to 
isolate people from their community or faith. It's legitimately against the Havamal to be a dick about ability. Okay. (laughs) Funny that. Weird, right? No, it's wonderful. We love it. It's not often that within an ancient religion we have so much directly saying, don't be an asshole. That's true. I'll have a lot, but we have that, and I'll take it. Diff, you want to do sagas and history? Yes. Because you put a lot of notes in, and I'm very excited about it. Yes. Well, it's interesting, because many academics, again, this is going to be a a common thread of, yikes, (laughs) academics happening over the last century and potentially the wrong conclusions being drawn uh, as a result. Mm-hmm. We've seen this with uh, kind of the role of women and femme people, uh, the kind of the idea of non-binary people and all of that being kind of like washed over and ignored. Uh, in general, just the whitewashing of European history and all of that. And, you know, obviously there's a lot more to it than what people have said over the last hundred years. And the same can be said when we're looking at the idea of impairment or disability in history, in that many academics basically concluded full stop that the idea of disabilities in the Viking Age were looked down on, and I guess trigger warning here for the obvious conclusion being that, you know, if an infant showed any signs of disability, then they would have been abandoned at birth. The 300 Sparta approach and misapplied it to everybody. Hmm. Yeah. 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 And, you know, when you kind of take a very surface level kind of look at the Viking Age, um, you can probably see how that conclusion happened in that, you know, it's very macho. We've said this before, like the kind of like power, strength, the idea of the, the Vikinger taking things with by their own strength and power and the whole notion of Ergi, which we've all discussed about. It can be quite easy to see how that conclusion was formed. But what we're seeing over the last... I would say five to ten years, is a shifting narrative in that we're looking at things through a new lens and actually picking it apart. And what I find most fascinating about heathenry and you know the religion as a whole, even putting aside uh, the historical nature, is that we have so much in terms of our gods and the literature, literature surrounding it that totally throws a spanner in that kind of rhetoric and so i would highly recommend there are many but i found michael david lawson's phd thesis entitled children of a one-eyed god impairment in the myth and memory of medieval scandinavia as a really good starting point to this counter narrative and uh, verse 71 which we just mentioned readers summarize how many potentially saw impairment disability at the time if you were good at something then whatever you were supposedly bad at was cancelled out if you con- could if you could contribute to the community you had value and that contribution could be anything as i said just being alive uh, being a body as a base foundation was great so lawson states in his thesis that impairment was a fact of life therefore individuals most likely found ways of adapting to their condition within the social environment of their community and that is a quote so one isn't judged then by how they could contribute individually and, and to themselves, but what they could do to the community. So when we're looking at our gods in this kind of sense, Odin really stands as a sort of paragon when it comes to this topic, in that he sacrifices an eye, something personal to him, to gain something else that would benefit the community. And he is still 
he still has his social hierarchy element there. He's still chief of the Aesir gods after the removal of his eye. His social position remains as it was. He's not looked down the on for doing it. The other point about Odin that I think is interesting is that as a, a warrior figure and a war god, he didn't lose his eye doing war stuff. It wasn't like super macho was no. snuffed yeah. out with an arrow. No, he took it out because he wanted to learn, and that inherently really affects depth perception. It alters his ability to participate in warlike mm-hmm. activities. It was still chill. Maybe that's why he got Gungnir. Fear that never misses. Hey, hey. I too would like a spear that never misses. Ideally. Yeah, it would be useful for when you're trying to hit things. <laughs> I'll put a rope on it. Success, right? Put a rope on it and I'll use it to get my snacks. Yes. Oh, brilliant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we have Tia sacrificing a hand. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what's interesting, I did just miss this note that I did put to myself, in that all of our gods have, well, not all of them, but we do have gods that have missing limbs, eyes, ears. One of them is just a head. <laughs> one of them is blind. Um, Sorry. <laughs> I was- so, yeah. No, carry I on. was watching a friend play God of War last night. Oh, I need to play it. Well, yeah. Um, and I just, Mimir. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. I'm sure it's a lot yeah. of people's favorites. Yeah, Mimir's. Mimir in that game and that series is it, fantastic. I also can't imagine life just bouncing off Kratos' <laughs> ass. I don't know, man. Sounds pretty <laughs> ideal. It's <laughs> Bills. <laughs> 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 right. Um, yeah. So Tears sacrifices hand for the greater good of the community. It is a show of, in effect, a sacrifice um, and a sign of trust mm-hmm. to Fenrir yeah. that, at least temporarily, stopped Ragnarok or put a hold on it. Just because it was, if he hadn't done that, then that would have made Fenrir pissed off more from the initiation mm-hmm. of being bound. <laughs> but there was a payment being made at the point. Um, and there was some sort of like, I guess, wergeld of um, payment, body payment, okay. <laughs> um, as point of that. But yeah, we have Heimdall. Although this story's mostly been lost, we have a mention in the Vluspa of sacrificing an ear or part of his hearing or hearing um, to gain a more universal, more powerful sense of hearing for the community. So, again, we're seeing this repeated notion of benefiting the community rather than the individual, giving something up on an individual basis to benefit the larger... On that idea, it's interesting to say that their disabilities or their impairments are a result of what they're giving up. Remember, we don't do the mythic literalism. These are stories people have created to explain phenomena that they understood. So, while we're talking about the gods mm-hmm. giving something up, losing an ability, it is not often that a human being will give up access to their hand or give up their visual ability. That is something that will simply happen. Like I mentioned earlier, impairment is a fact of life. Impairment is not less valuable, and it's not, it's not bad because you didn't choose to give it up. No, yeah. I'm only pointing that out. Because yeah. I talk to kids about yeah, disabilities the... literally all the time, and they like to like take things really personally. 
So it's a fun, it's a fun game yeah. we play. No, yeah, yeah. The point being that the gods have these impairments, not necessarily the. If we're putting aside the uh, kind of the leveling up sort of idea at the foundational level, you know, they're not. They they have these impairments, disabilities. Mm. So. Um, also in that thesis, Lawson makes a rather keen observation of Mjolnir's creation and that the gods themselves prized function over form in that with Mjolnir, the handle was created too short so that it could only be held, it could only be wielded in one hand, but it is still one of, if not the most prized possessions of the gods. So it was a case of, it was the handle was supposed to be longer and it was seen as a, well, this is a negative that the handle's shorter, um, but it, it was seen as no less valuable despite the fact you could only hold it in one hand. And it's kind of like a minor point, but I thought that was quite a keen observation. And then we have uh, Hothor, Hod, Hodor, um, who remains perpetually fascinating in this sort of discussion because, as far as we were aware, he was born with being blind. He was born with his impairment. And there's no sign, again, from what we have, that he was treated any differently because of it. So again, that's it's all it's all layers of just really interesting kind of like discussion around this area especially within heathenry in that you know we have gods that have sacrificed parts of themselves or were born with disability and you know are still gods mm-hmm. so there we go there are some mentions in the sagas i want to say eggle in eggle saga has an unusually <laughs> shaped head or was a large head something like that um, and I believe he goes blind, if I'm remembering rightly, in a later I've seen later references to Njal in um, Njal's saga, development of disability there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have mm-hmm. the classic Ivar the Boneless. So, yeah. there, was, there was something <laughs> happening there. Yep. It's hard to know specifically <laughs> what these different historical figures oh, yeah. and saga characters were actually experiencing because the words that we have and the names that we have for these things are the same. A shit in Old Norse that doesn't translate mm-hmm. real well. We're just working off the title yeah. of Boneless here and trying to figure it out, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... I think this discussion of accessibility in heathenry is particularly poignant when we consider the framework on which we um, we worship and the beings that we worship so yeah it just it just it just boggles my mind i know i keep saying this when we come to this sort of thing that you know we we have those the people certain individuals in heathenry that see this as like strength and only strength and it's an individual strength and it's all about power it's like well no that's just not uh, no if you couldn't contribute to the community, that's where your value lies. Yeah, you know. You haven't so, yeah. read the Eddas without telling me you haven't read the Eddas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh dear. Anyway, I'll stop <laughs> talking now. We can continue on. So how do we how do we do <laughs> inclusivity and accessibility? And there's a lot of ways. Oh lord, there are a lot of ways. So work in education. And in education, kids have to qualify to receive assistance. There's a whole process that we have to go through to make sure that kids are getting exactly what they need. There are a lot of different categories under which kids can qualify for different reasons. 
Some of them are physical disabilities. Some of them are emotional disabilities. Uh, we've got health impairments where ADHD and things like depression and anxiety fall under. That in my world, accessibility can literally be anything from highlighters to audiobooks to wheelchair ramps to braille because needs are so varied. Literally anything that helps mm. is considered a tool for and of accessibility. So a couple things that I thought yeah. of. Theo, Ooh. do you have thoughts? Oh no, I'm just agreeing with you. I I have one thought. You do? While we, I have thought. I have a <laughs> thought. It has entered my brain. Okay. <laughs> Quickly, we must capture the thought. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just what I think about it. You know how you said about like anxiety and all of that. Uh, one way that I and have seen others do is like in in like symbol when you know you're supposed to go around with the mead horn or whatever receptacle of alcohol or non-alcoholic beverage you have, and you're supposed to like declare like hail to the gods, the ancestors, and whatnot. I mean, what one way we go around if you have social anxiety is just you know there is no pressure to say anything. You can just yeah. sip and move on. There we go. That's just that's just yeah. one idea. I'm yeah. throwing it out there. I mean. Honestly, like, and I, I'll say this quick if you don't mind, like, what Ken is saying is extremely valid and, like, it is very good. If you're not in, like, a professional setting like that, just listen to people. Super easy. Like, if How someone... Helpful. If someone's like, if if you're like, I want everyone to get up and say something, and someone's like, I literally cannot do that in without having a panic attack, then don't be like, well, then you can't participate. And we're not going to pull a Kanye West like, and yell has... at people to stand up in the concert when they can't. We're not doing that. Yeah, like, just, mm -hmm. just listen. Take the time to listen and try to be understanding. Like, if, if someone is asking for something reasonable okay like if it's unreasonable if they're like i want to bring my tiger <laughs> to this event or something like that and you'd be like um what i uh but anyways yeah like i obviously pick something a bit hyperbolic um I'm sure that's happened but um <laughs> like very yeah, right. Listen. But anyway, sorry. Can You're I good. go on? But listening is the best tool of accessibility because I tell you from experience, it takes a whole hell of a lot to get people to a point. This is something that I've seen with my kiddos. I work with like up to sixth graders now and I worked with high schoolers last year. It takes a whole hell of a lot of pressure to get them to ask for what they need. Half of my job is teaching them how to ask for what they need. By the time that somebody has figured out, especially if they're younger, that they need something and built up the confidence and courage to ask for it, better fucking listen or I'm going to show up under your bed. I need you to listen to people. <laughs> it's just the rules. Well, that's like... <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Well, that's like... Okay, first off, Kenna, you're turning yourself into some kind of urban legend. <laughs> <and I fully laughs> Wonderful, perfect, you. fear me. Second off... Yeah. Um, <laughs> Second off, like, I, I said this earlier, but that was before we officially started the episode, but, like, so, for me, learning to read in a standard American classroom setting was, like, impossible. Excuse me, Jesus. Um, was impossible. But, 
post surgery. I don't know what my body's doing anymore. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> but like in classroom learning in a U.S. education system was very difficult for me, anyways. And I did very poorly until I learned to read, which I did have to go to special ed classes for. I learned to read when I was eight, and I fucking hated. I hated it when people figured out that I couldn't read. It was embarrassing. Like, obviously I was very young still, but like, I remember doing my best to hide it. And like, I felt embarrassed and stuff. Cause it's like, why can't I just get it? So eventually, like after, after I got it, I got it. And then I was able to set up my own system for figuring out how to excel in the classrooms and stuff like that. Um, but that's just the thing is like, like kind of saying like, I did not want to ask for help. I didn't want help. I just wanted it to happen. Like it was for everyone else, or at least that's what it seemed like. Kind of thing. No, it's hard. And like, is like so just some like i don't know i guess what i'm saying is like i'm agreeing with kenna like it's if someone's actually trying to talk to you about something like it took them a lot to get to that point most likely and just like give us give him a little bit of time to talk to you and explain things um some respect griff we call him that Frith. at least griff Mm-hmm. I'm using I'm using heathen terms. Frithful ah. and frithful. <laughs> yeah. I really would like that to yeah. be a holiday themed something somewhere. Frithful and frithful. It sounds very narrow. Well, Kenna, we have power. Right. We have shirts. We have power. Okay. Clearly excelling. <laughs> only have two more weeks until Christmas break. I'm only barely a person. Yeah support you. So I put together some examples of things. Now, if I were teaching heathenry in a special education classroom, these are the things that I would worry about. That's what this list is. Reading our sources sucks. It's not fun. All of our translations are from, like, early 1900s. It's barely English. Lord, it's difficult to follow. No matter what, Especially because... Don't keep talking. I was going to say, especially because, like, the old shit was written in poetic verse. A whole nother language that has words that don't translate. And also, what the fuck is a marriage bed horse? Oh god, marriage bed horse! Like, why? (laughs) Why are you like this? They were being crude. I know they (laughs) were. They should be. Bless their hearts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, sorry, please go on, Kenna. Horses are hard. And this is on the list because I work with kids who have a lot of trouble reading. Reading in English is hard enough. Mm-hmm. So reading in old-ass English, miserable. Not a great time. No matter what, you're going to end up looking at multiple sources. So if I had to assign this to my kiddos or my high schoolers, we're finding a video source, finding an audio source, we're finding an audio source that matches up with a physical copy that we have, either on paper or in a PDF. We're using highlighters. We are making notes. We're doing everything we can to help ourselves understand what's going on. Highlighters are a magical tool for uh, 
gotta have at least like five colors to connect different mm-hmm. dots. My kids did it a lot with ethos, pathos, and logos. Yeah. Which is great. Oh yeah. So videos and online content. God bless them. We've got Ocean, we've got Wolf, we've got the friggin' heathens, we've got the heathen bitches, we've got the Everglades Airy. They all make shit more accessible mm-hmm. and understandable. I already said that, but I wrote the note down here. The ideal setup for a lot of people, I'm thinking specifically about my teenagers last year, is the written source next to an audio source. You basically want to, like, no yeah. fear Shakespeare it. Mm-hmm. Yes, Everybody know I what love no fear Shakespeare. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what we want. We want multiple sources saying the same thing in different ways. It's fantastic. Of course, writing, oh. reading, and hearing is all going to reinforce the same idea and make it easier to digest and commit to memory. Uh, PDFs are cool. There are Google Chrome extensions that make it possible to like left-click highlight and read the text out loud. A little robotic. She does the job if reading on a screen or reading in general is, is difficult without an audio scaffold. Tried to look for audiobooks of the Eddas and stuff. Lord Internet, you make it really hard. <laughs> Not super happy with you right now. Ethan Weirdo's Gold 2023. Mm-hmm. Get hemp, get Kenna her own internet connection. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, the Everglades Ergi has read readings of Saga or two. I hope I'm remembering yeah. that right. I'm going to go check right now. Because that's super helpful also. It is the name of the person who does that, and she is fantastic. Yes, that is. Thank you. Yes, I see readings. I see the saga of Dun the Black and all sorts of things and stuff. Fantastic. Awesome. As someone who, as, as Kenna was saying, like, if I'm reading sources or well our sources blur whatever um i think i already like have mentioned this at least once before but like i'm someone who has trouble getting into some of the sources because i'm just like my brain why are you making noise um i muted that bitch anyways um so someone who has trouble deep diving into our sources sometimes because um a lot of them are great some of them can get real dry yeah like i have definitely um like read along while listening to glade read it and stuff like that and that's really helped me a lot and stuff like that (laughs) all i had yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, if you are involved with any local groups that are dedicated to spiritual practice and stuff, be the voice of accessibility. Ask your leaders if spaces that they're choosing are accessible, what accessibility needs we might have and for, especially if you're part of the planning team. You want to be thinking about, as you plan, what accommodations might need to be made to make sure that everybody opportunity to participate and again that's a huge range it can range from planning to use or offer the use of non-alcoholic beverages 
because part of accessibility is welcoming people who who do not drink alcohol. And it can be up to things as important as keeping your location accessible to people in wheelchairs or who are using canes or have mobility aids. Depends on what your environment is mm-hmm. and who you know to be participating. Can I um, add something yes. to that point? Please. So um, I don't know how many people are familiar with NaNoWriMo, um, which is National Novel Writing Month. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, so I used to be one of the people in my city that headed it and like held events and stuff like that. We don't. We did not get paid for it at all, and like we were not able. Like we were not given a budget to host events. Like our job was to volunteer and go find shit for free or out of our own pocket which you know we're we're writing so a lot of us like we're we're dedicating ourselves to writing 50,000 words in the month of November like most of us don't got that kind of money to go throwing at a bunch of stuff so anyways things that we had to consider are there bus routes that are local to like easily walkable from those areas are they in places that people can access like like access like transportation easily um or is there food for people that might need it that wouldn't have been able to bring it or whatever blah 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 um so honestly like i would say i'm actually decently familiar with hosting events in inclusive spaces or free. It was not always fun. Um, but anyways, I guess what I'm saying, like, you have to consider, like, you know, people in wheelchairs, people with physical disabilities, but also, like, don't... It's not a disability to be low income, but it is an accessibility thing. I am currently being involved in marketing through Moot 2023. Mm-hmm. And with part of that, that's also true UK, is Thunor's Moot. And part of that is me sitting in the events meetings and knowing what's happening in terms of the event. And obviously a large consideration is being made for accessibility, which is really great to see. So, yeah, I'm getting very familiar. Yeah, it's good. It's good to see it becoming so much more expected, I guess. I like to see that as, like... Mm-hmm. Somewhere on the docket, it is already listed as a thing we need to deal with. Like many of us here on this godforsaken podcast have the spicy brain, and it impacts your ability to <laughs> stay focused, remember things, uh, sit down and actually read. Lord, I have the worst time actually reading. He's in number 674. <laughs> I need to see a fucking doctor about this. Don't call us all out right now, Kenna. <laughs> I hate this. I hated <laughs> typing it. I hate saying it. Planners goddamn work. Brain. <laughs> I hate how well planners work. If you are dead set on wanting to do rituals regularly, wanting to remember specific errors, rituals, anything else, I have to do this with my kids all the time. We have to set timers. We have to set uh, calendar reminders. We have to give ourselves cues. It's time to transition from one thing to the next. And sometimes that comes in the form mm-hmm. of an alarm or putting it down or 
more visual timers. Visual timers are so cool. I love them so much. I'm obs I have literally, I bought the timer for my kids. Bought them for the first graders. I've used that timer on myself. Set that timer and given myself five minutes to be a not human before I pull it together and start doing human teacher stuff. It works. I hate that it works. <laughs> I'm so mad that it works, but it does. I think one of one of my it's not a benefit, but it's eye opening to me being redundant. Um, <laughs> in in that I don't I can work on my own time schedule, and being and having not having any much of those constraints that I put myself under while I was in a working environment in the office, where I had to sit down and do work, otherwise you know be fired um but it's kind of eye-opening to me how i drift massively from task to task this <laughs> is like i'll just do a little bit of writing and then i'm like okay now i'm gonna do some drawing and now we're halfway to the kitchen it's really hard and for now me to we're focus. redoing the cabinets we yep exactly and i was like oh i really need to clean <laughs> spontaneously has never been cleaner <laughs> yeah, exactly. but I'm, I'm also i'm speaking for myself too here like <laughs> oh it's Oh, it's chaos. It's fun. Love that spicy brain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On my spicy brain note, I've said this before, everyone's going to go, Kenna's on her soapbox. Yes, yes, I am. This is my soap. So I'm standing on it. I forgot <laughs> that how that word playing. ends. It is so important <laughs> that your practice is sustainable for you and not anyone else. If you're at a point where you are stressing of the way you want or think you want to do rituals if you are stressing yourself out trying to do them weekly it's worth revisiting what internal belief is pushing you to do it that often because we want quality over quantity friends I do rituals like i want to say once a month but that's a lie i don't do them very often because i'm a hot mess when i do them i do them real good important point being structure things in a way that help you Rather than a way that stresses you out. You want relief. That spiritual release. You don't want anxiety and stress over your religious experiences. Be kind to your spicy brains. Yes. Okay. Millie agrees. Thank you, Millie. I love that. So I tried to find accessibility tools within and stuff there's not a lot out there because the world is not great not a lot so do not be ashamed or discouraged from making shit work eat the tools you need to do the things you need big ass tarot cards with big easy to read imagery I encourage you to make that shit happen the thrift store grab those like abc flashcards that they use with kindergartners paint right over them from I think that wood-carved runes work really well for visual impairments because if they're carved, you have that physical feeling. It's not going to work, yeah. be systematic like Braille would be, but it's still something textural that can help cue you. Well, even even something you can do yet again if if you don't have a ton of money and you're really wanting to start and you want to save for something like that, bigger get some quarters. Paint them, sharpie them, whatever. And get like go to Walmart and get some of that like fabric glue that yes. goes on like in a ridge. Like just 
draw on them. Puffy paint. Yeah, puffy paint. You might have to redo it. That's okay. Honestly, if you have to redo it or if you're doing them yourself, like you're probably going to remember it better. This is true. But yeah, just like do. Oh my god, you could use glitter. You could use glitter. Anyways, um, environmentally friendly. <laughs> Ideally, sure. Uh, yes. Um, but yeah, so it's like do what works for you. Like don't don't look at someone else's like like I I can get on Instagram and I can find so many people when I look at their altar space and stuff. I'm like, oh my god, that's all so beautiful and pretty. Oh my god, my, should my altar look like that? Should my supplies look like that? No. I mean they can, but like you do what works for you. Yeah, like it works for you and do what works best for you and stuff. That is a hard lesson to learn. That is one of the things that I have to talk to my kiddos about regularly. But why do they do it easier? Why don't they use this? In a much nicer way, it's it's the idea of worrying about your own self. You do what you need to do to make you able to do the thing. Find what works mm-hmm. for you and you stick with what works for you. It might change. We might have to explore. But the important part is that we are doing things that help us and support ourselves. Whatever everyone else is doing, fuck it. They can do whatever they need to do over there. Doing their thing. We're doing ours. On this note, I did find a website that offers Braille service on any tarot decks ordered through them. Expensive, because of course it is. But I have the link in our notes, and I'm going to say right now, Sif put that in the description. Hopefully Sif will remember where the link is. (laughs) Okay. It's in our notes. It's a cool service. (laughs) It's expensive. I'm upset that it's so expensive. Failing is a complex process that I don't know enough about. It should be done more often. And, uh, rituals. Rituals can be hard. A lot of us with the spicy brain or with the low spoons have a real hard time figuring out how to do ritual and make it work. Online rituals are a great tool to use to structure your own rituals. If you need to do a ritual, you feel it in your heart that you need to do it, but you have the spoons to plan one out, open up on the YouTubes. If you want to plan one and you don't know where to start, online videos are a great way to put this a funny saying that I use a lot. Handlebars on the project. It'll give you something to work with. It'll give you like putting the little edges on the bowling lane. You within on track, but you still have the freedom to fuck around. <laughs> there are a couple places that that give us those online rituals. Wolf does a lot. Also true UK, Pagan Federation. Shit, we have one. Examples. Them. Run with yeah. them. Your life. Sif yes. Theo, that is the end yeah. of my notes. Anyone have thoughts that need to go in? Mm-hmm. I feel like I disperse my thoughts throughout the episode. Love when you disperse your thoughts throughout the episode. I do my best. I think I think I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was less dispersal and Gave more you just a category. like... category. You're doing great. <laughs> like, you know... Appreciate you. Cool. We're all doing good. I appreciate all of you. Share with us what things you do or are considered doing to increase accessibility. If you are a person who has disabilities, tell us what works. 
sometimes I see this a lot with my kids when they figure out that something works for someone else or that someone else is doing the thing. There's so much validation in knowing that what they need is something that someone else also needs, that they're not the only one. <laughs> so validate each other, exactly. please. Thank you. I mean, yes. that's one of the reasons I'm like, yeah, I. Reading lore is hard for me. Sucks. Like, mm-hmm. It is. And I. It's still like. Find my ways around it. And I don't pretend to be the best at it, but I try. It's our best. We always do our best. It's my, it's my teeny tiny soapbox. I like your tiny soapbox. Travel size. Yeah. It is travel sized. Until I, until I like yeet it at someone. (laughs) Weapon. I don't know. I, I don't throw things at people a lot. I feel like I've thrown a pillow at you, Kenna. Absolutely. I probably deserved it, too. You probably did. Yeah. I don't remember. Um, probably because I didn't oh. have one and you threw me one from your bed at a... You, not you, <laughs> at a at gathering we were at. Yeah, that sounds right. Yep. All right. I try, to, I try to be helpful when I throw things at people. Millie <laughs> does, too. Awesome. Um, I stopped... And when we're on the love seat and she lays down next to me, she likes it if I massage her paws. I stopped massaging her paws and that's why she was complaining. Really? You have standards. Yes. I'm massaging her paws again and all is right with the world. Fantastic. So, dear listener, let us know we missed. Is there anything you would have liked us to mention? Like I said at the beginning, I'm not an expert on disabilities. I just work somewhere where I have to deal with a handful of them and make things more accessible. So my point of view yeah. is inherently not all-encompassing. There are probably things missed out. Don't call me out. I miss. If whatever ideas you have, I want to hear them. It helps me be a better heathen. It also helps me be a better teacher. So... Feel free. Unload on me. I'm happy to have it. I was gonna say, I'm sure. I'm sure there are things we missed, and if if we did, like, I'm happy to do a an accessibility and heathen heathenry round two. Always love it. Locked and reloaded. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so oh, we've got places and stuff. We've got a Redbubble store. May or may not have the eagle butt up yet. Oh. <laughs> no, it's is coming. We do have Damn You Snorri, which is a good <laughs> substitute for when we are feeling our anger about the heathenry. Damn You Snorri. I think I'm wearing that shirt right now. I mm-hmm. think because I have a big sweater on and you... I can't. Yeah. I'm going to check. <laughs> Either that <laughs> one. <laughs> it's either Damn You Snorri or it's the weird logo. <laughs> it's one of those. Sweater, okay. not dealing. Okay. Uh, we've got. <laughs> what else do we have? We have a Discord server. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Come yes. yell at us in there. Love talking to people. We have fun. Yeah, it's a great time. We've got pagan cards. You can have one if you want. Just get out. Have your pagan card. I may and steal I your steal pagan them. card if you are not doing <laughs> inclusivity. I will take it away. Are you going to arrive underneath the bed again? <laughs> Probably. 
<laughs> show up under everyone's bed and take their pagan cards. Oh, the TV screen. Oh, we have a Patreon. Forgot about that one. We have a Patreon. Oh, yes. Patreon directly supports all of the shit we use to make our episodes happen. I say we. I mostly mean Sif. Sif does a lot. Yeah. So if you are able yeah. and want to, you can always support us there. Our patrons do have access to a more private channel in our server. And sometimes we pop on and record episodes live in there. Uh, last time we tried it, there was a seance. Plan for it, it just... That's true. Either. Oh, so that's what our lives are that's like. Great. What am I missing? Yes. Yeah. Missing something. Um. Oh. Maybe I'm not. Discord server. Free. Yeah. Please join us. Free. Have fun. Um. No, I I think you got it. Love that. Look at me committing these things to memory. Okay. Out of you. If you're still here, wh why? Bless you, but why? Why are you putting up with me this long? <laughs> uh, we've we've our connection between the like, the subscribe, and bell button. It gives Theo and I intense anxiety every time the little like icon goes up a number. So contribute to that. It does. Please help. <laughs> uh, the subscribe button is super <laughs> cool. It's. It would be so awesome. I'm thinking of a TikTok song. It would be so awesome. So cool. <laughs> Can I love you? I'm really trying to just wind it down. I'm really bad at starting things and ending things. Reason number 674 <laughs> that I need to see a doctor about ADHD. So. It's fine. It's fine. Totally fine. Totally fine. <laughs> oh. I'm 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 in Photoshop at the moment, um, doing a really good job of making Samara from the oh, ring no. like Kenna. Yes, coming Task for the pain. Yes, I think that's our episode. Uh, I think so too. He did that. Hmm. Stayed on topic for about an hour. Yeah, we did things. We did. So is that good. how you end an episode? I haven't been the lead on one in a while. Have we said keep heathenry uh, weird? No, yet? keep heathenry weird and inclusive and accessible. <laughs> it's going to be really nice to me and cut that and put it right where that big silence block was after I said we have a connection. Is what Sif's going to do. I'll make it sound like I had my shit See together. See why you have these hopes? Oh, oh, oh I'm going to try and get this done. For a second. Are One we, second. Can we stop recording? We're, We're not, not done, done yet. Oh. No. <laughs> oh no, how do I? It's happening. No. I'm trying to get the text onto this <laughs> thing, but it's size 352. I will I will kick the bear out. Now. Bear? Bear? Where are you? Bear. <laughs> bear. Oh, God. <laughs>